0: This is the Tom Bernard Show. Filling in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader, along with... Mike Bolina. Oh, and hey, I'm Chris. We'll be back. We've got more coming right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Michael
1: Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, One of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they
2: try to settle your case early and cheap. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Any way you want it, that's
1: the way you need it, any way you want
0: it. We're back on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back with you on Monday. Filling in, I'm Dave Schrader. Remember, you can check out my show five days a week, Monday through Friday, Beyond the Darkness, the best in paranormal talk radio. You can find it at darknessradio.com. In studio with us, we have comedian Chris Porter who will be at Acme Comedy Club tonight and tomorrow. Any shows on Sunday, or are you taking no, a day I'm of out. rest? I'm out. Where are you heading off to next? Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Guys, uh, it's, <laughs>
3: it's actually a great club. Like is it? it's one of those clubs that you're like, oh, this is easy. Um Kinda of like you know, just where the shows are super great, right. I And mean, everyone's good crowd, fishy. good people. Yeah. Good, I'm
0: just kidding. I like Lexington.
3: And uh, bunch. you know, you know, all the players are super rich because they play for Kentucky and they're making lots of money. And um,
4: <laughs>
3: so they, so they usually buy a record or two. So it's nice.
0: Uh, speaking of uh, fandom and, and ticket prices and such, the Vikings are going to raise their season ticket prices an average of seven. Now that doesn't sound like a big thing, JB, in the overall spectrum, seven percent. But you start ticking it off here and there, right? I mean, tickets are already really expensive. You can't go for a family,
4: right? Tickets are expensive. Parking, you know, food, you know, everything. <clears throat> I haven't been in that place yet, and I have no plans to go in there.
0: It is beautiful. I'll tell you that. And if you want to go check it out, check StubHub about you know in the preseason. And get a ticket from StubHub for preseason games, you can get in there for 40 bucks, $30, $40 bucks, and get great seats like right down near the field just to say you can experience it. And it's well worth that. But I can't. Those are the same seats that are like $300, $400 mm-hmm. bucks during the season.
3: Also with football, like, I mean, especially, I, you know, I go to Arrowhead obviously most of the time. But like baseball, you ask me to go to a baseball game, I don't ask where the seats are. I just, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Cause it doesn't matter. Cause like I feel like the way they shoot baseball, you see a lot more when you're there. Now with football, though, they shoot it so well that like if if I'm on the upper upper decks, I don't I don't need to be
0: there. Right, you get distracted. I, you just watch the big screen. You anyway. watch the big,
3: and then you're like, I might as well be at home, right? Because I can't really see what's going on anyway. And I'm now I'm just sitting around a bunch of people I don't really like.
0: <laughs> I will say this though about the U.S. Bank Stadium. It's you feel like you're a part of the game no matter where you sit. Even the what you would consider the nosebleeds are really amazing seats. Oh, cool! You know, I still even though I I, I would go there and we had the low seats for the preseason game. I'm still watching the big screen because I'm an old guy, so I need to see what's going on better than on the <laughs> field. But <laughs> yeah. but it's exciting. My kids love being right there in the thick of it and uh, feeling like they're a part of the game. But yeah, it, it says after a 14 win season and playing host to the Super Bowl, the Vikings are sending a letter to season ticket holders announcing prices will increase. At U.S. Bank Stadium for the 2018 season, shouldn't we win something bigger before we start?
4: Yeah, attacking them. Yeah. Well,
3: and that, also that letter says because we made so much money last year. Yeah, let's just especially you know having the biggest game of the year and all the accoutrement. Uh, we're going to go ahead and
0: charge you more. Plus the fact that now we're paying more for tickets and the the fees and all of that for a stadium that. We're all taking the brunt mm-hmm. for anyway. Right. So they're just yeah. making more money on top of more money, plus we're still paying for the stadium. Yeah, Right. I don't get it. Well, it's well, time to revolt. Oh, my God, I'm old. I'm get whining about it.
4: Well, that's like one year at the U, we had the worst season in gopher basketball history. Right. Last year we, we rebounded, made the tournament, this, that, and the other, and our response to that was to raise ticket prices. <laughs> it's just like. Well, I love this
0: next line from the Trib, right? It'll mark the first time the Vikings increase season ticket prices at U.S. Bank Stadium. Well, haven't they only been there two years? Yeah.
3: <laughs> I hate it when they do that. Like ESPN does that too. They're like, they haven't done that since 2012. You're like, that's five years ago. Yeah, that's right. Just so say far. five, they haven't done yeah. it in five years. Why do you have to make it
0: sound gra- more grandiose than it is? The biggest increases, likely for the best seats in the lower lower bowl, can be about uh, 10% for the boot. Uh, pay hikes for next season will be as low as 4% depending on seat location. The team set its original prices at U.S. Bank Stadium four years ago at $500 to $4,000 per 10-game package after personal seat license cost.
3: Oh, and you have to buy a license? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our tax money buying the stadium wasn't quite enough for us in Minnesota. That You heard about Minnesota nice. Yeah, yeah,
3: not so much in the
0: boardroom. No, we are. We're so, we're too nice. What, what is it going to take to keep our team? Well,
4: you remember the governor who signed the the bill for the money when it was time to get things going. Said, "Well, I didn't know that was in there. Then why did you sign it?" Yeah,
0: someone should have mentioned something. Yeah, I've tried that a few times on contracts, too. Yeah, I, know. I didn't know I, know. I was signing I this in perpetuity. Yeah. I thought you meant in perpetuity as long as I'm doing this. I didn't know you meant forever, ever. I thought
3: perpetuity meant as long as I wanted to. Yeah,
0: right. Three quarters of season tickets are expected to increase at $10 per game or less, so $100 per season or less, according to Viking spokesman. I like how they're downplaying it. Just the fact is it's going up. Right. The Vikings have had no problem filling its new home after setting a franchise record in attendance during the inaugural 2016 season with 534,289 people. And coming close to that this past season with 5,333,769 seats. Do you remember a time when Pillsbury
3: had used to, to have buy to buy t- the
0: seats yeah. so that they could air it on TV?
3: Really? So, so it wasn't blacked out? Right. Yep. Well, it was
0: Pillsbury and who else? General Mills, right? Yep. So those were the two that would come in, and they'd buy the remaining 10,000 seats. So it, that people could watch it. Right. Because yeah, what was the level? We had to sell 80% or 85% before they'd air it?
4: No, I think it was higher than that. I think it was, was it? I thought it had to be a sellout. 95. Yeah.
0: Oh, it had to be a sellout. Yeah. No, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it, well, maybe it was. I thought it was right in the 80 to 85 round, but maybe not. That's crazy.
3: But that cha- they changed that, right?
4: Yeah, they dropped that rule. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, they had to because you know major organizations were already sponsoring enough, and then right. you're asking them to dip in and you yeah. know get the show on TV, and they weren't even getting really any play. It wasn't like they got something for TV, right?
4: No, I mean back then TV ratings were like, eh.
0: See, what they should have said is, we'll buy those ten thousand seats and we'll give those seats away, but everybody has to come dressed as the Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, <laughs>
3: <Right>? <laughs> or you have to you have to bring in like a can of something, a right. Pillsbury
0: can. Yeah, and to give to it. charity.
4: Yeah, that wasn't the case. Well, that's what. The, uh, those companies did, though. They gave the tickets to less uh, less unfortunate right. people,
0: and that was good. Right. Right. But yeah, that was uh, that's crazy. The, the prices are just so absurd. But it's happening with concerts. Mike, you were telling me the other day what was the concert you took your mom to, and you got the backstage meet and greet. It Billy, was, uh, Billy Joel and Elton John. Billy Joel and Elton John. B-J-E-J. Yeah, yeah, and that <laughs> you, you look at the cr- cost on these uh, current shows. I think comedy is like the only thing that's still affordable to really go out and have a good time. See, so how always segued into that, Chris. <laughs> but it's one of the best ways to go out and have a good time, and you're not paying asinine amounts of money that that you have to for other basic entertainment. Goods. There's
3: also that. There's that, but there's also we don't have the overhead. There's just one of us. We don't have a band. We don't have a light show for them. I mean, some comics have some. Oh, sort they of don't bring them in, when you're in techniques. No, no. Uh, They they made me stop doing pyrotechnics (laughs) after the Great White Incident. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, like I don't have to pay a band. I don't have to pay roadies, uh, you know. So obviously my costs are much lower. But, you know, I went to Billy Joel and John 10 years ago and I, for okay seats, was $200 a ticket. Yeah. But I felt fine with, for whatever reason, I felt okay spending that because that's like a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. I don't have to, like, it's not like the Vikings where they're going to play seven more times this year. Right. Like, I'm going to have. And break our heart at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to have one more chance, maybe two more chances to see Billy Joel Elton John. So, like, I don't mind. I paid $200 to see Prince. Like, there's some you people did? I feel are worth paying wow. money to see just just for that experience. I don't, I can't think of us like, when the Royals were in the playoffs, I paid good money to go see that. Because when was that going to happen again? Right. Uh turned out the next year. but
0: um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Yeah, well, we all live and learn, right? The The thing that it astounds me, and I don't know, do you guys think that the stadium costs and ticket costs should be more reflective of the team itself? I mean, you, okay, we won 14 games, but we broke our heart again in the playoffs, weren't able to get the job done, so should there be an immediate – or should they have maybe waited a year to just increase the oh. seats instead of putting it in right on the heels of –
4: well, that's you know, strike when the iron's hot type mentality. That's all that is. But you know, um, Atlanta opened a uh, uh, um, baseball. No, the Mercedes Benz. that's oh, where the oh, Super Bowl yeah. is going to be next year. Mm-hmm. And they dropped the food prices, so there was a little get because you know you had to. Oh buy, sure. Every seat has a seat license to it, and that has a seat license in that stadium every seat wow so arthur arthur blank's give back was he dropped the hot dogs to like a buck or two bucks and beer down to like three bucks and whatnot he he made concessions very affordable affordable for people because he already know he's beating them over the head with the, the seat license and the cost of the ticket and the parking and the, all the other stuff
0: well, that and uh, you know they put a Chick Fil A in there that's closed on Sundays when they right. play, so they're probably like, "Wow, that was a really stupid move." Here, have two dollar hot
3: dogs. I just I hate I hate gouging. I hate it when people like I don't like HOA fees. Right. I don't like seat light like you. No, just... you know
0: what? I don't mind an HOA fee if it means I don't have to go out and shovel right. or mow it, my lawn. Okay, yeah, but if it, and if it's reasonable, right? Like you get into
3: some of these condos you paid three million dollars for, and then you're paying sixteen hundred dollars a month for HOA fees. Oof. And you're like, what are you doing that's worth $1,600? You better do my laundry and wash my car and drive me to work, for that matter. Uh, <laughs> and nudge me in the morning to ask if I want breakfast, Absolutely. Right? That right. you cooked. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a seat. Like, I, Not only do I have to pay for the seat, but I have to pay just for the right to buy the ticket to the seat?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. You uh, know what that's always been like is, like to me, paying to get into the state fair, to have to go in and then pay for all the food. Right. Right, so it's like, oh, I'm buying the rights to come in and buy stuff from you. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's double double indemnity somehow. Or isn't you it, pay
3: right? admission and then you have to buy tickets for the rides.
0: Yeah, just well, like, that's what Disney used to be. Remember, you'd have to pay admission in, and then you'd have to pay for tickets. Yeah. This was an E ticket. This was a C ticket, and then you'd have to dole them out, and you'd have to figure out which rides were worth it. I don't know how much.
3: I I don't know how far we are from going back to that. Really. They keep hike like they just hiked prices again. Now they're doing uh the price of the ticket depends on when you go.
0: Oh really? Yeah. You know what's really weird though? It's not like they're doing it because attendance is dropping either. No. It's not like they're like, well, we need to kind of kick it up because we're getting three quarters of the people we used to, so we need to make up that quarter we're losing. No. They're getting record numbers at the higher rate. And I think that's
3: kind of what I think that's it's kind of a deterrent. It's like, hey, yeah. we've got too many people here. Let's hike up the prices. Maybe not as people,
0: will co- many people will come. Well, that's the big problem with with the Disney uh, Corporation program. I've had people that have just gone in the last year. They're like, yeah, I spent close to one hundred and fifty per person to get in. We rode five rides yeah. because the lines were so absurdly long. So I mean, so what do you do there? I mean, but I think my daughter just went out there too with her uh, with my grandson, and I think that was their issue. I don't think they got on many rides. But, see, I get
3: – so I understand the business plan behind that. Charge a little more. Not as many people show up. The people that do show up have a better time. But with the Vikings or any sports team where there's a finite number of seats. Right. Like, why you, – you're going to need to show me that you need that 7% hike. Like, there's – are you not making enough money? Like, I don't know No, get on that. the
4: stadium
0: that we're paying for?
3: Yeah. Like, why – what is this 7% for other than just
0: greed? JB got real quiet.
4: <laughs> well, it's just – I'm just thinking. I mean, Chris is right. I mean, yeah. that money is is just for greed because they're not – they have no overhead there. The Vikings don't have any overhead. No. And, and then they're
0: charging Well, I'm sure every they, I mean, they have concerts, to pay to
3: rent the state. That's not their stadium. I'm no, sure they it's have to pay their
0: to, stadium, right?
4: It's basically their stadium. Yeah. They don't pay rent.
0: That's why they got out of the Metrodome was they were paying rent for the stadium, but now they own the stadium, and then they own – Like anything that comes through, the mud fests and the the, city
3: doesn't own the stadium. The actual Vikings own the stadium. The
0: the The, isn't it the NFL administration with this? I don't know, Mike. Do you know how that breaks down?
4: Because most of the time, the city owns the stadium. There is some local council that runs it.
0: Yeah. But everything is stadium commission or stadium authority, whatever. And that's a
4: racket, too. Right. They're corrupt. But everything, allegedly, everything is run through them and through the Vikings. Oh, okay. To have, to get, like, our university baseball team plays there this time of year. Okay. And, and you have
3: to pay rent?
4: Uh, we have to pay a little something. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not, it's not the greatest experience in the world because, you know, when they built it, they had promised the state legislature it would be accessible for college baseball. Yeah. They got, the, they were getting close to the final designs. And right field was going to be two hundred and eighty-five feet.
3: <laughs> so like a softball game, right?
4: Wow. <laughs> so you, so yeah.
3: well, what's Yankee Stadium right field? I mean, that's it's about the same, right? No, it's uh, three fourteen. Yeah. Oh, okay.
4: So there, there is this 30, 305 now with a high wall.
3: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. All right. But we yeah, have, to, we have to take a quick break, Chris. Hold on. We'll we'll get more into this. We'll discuss it and uh, have more fun right here. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Tom Bernard Show.
2: FDIC, an equal housing lender. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about My Pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first My Pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic! Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My Pillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special
1: This
0: is the Tom Bernard Show. I'm Dave Schrader. All right, are we off our uh, kick of hating everything sport related and these kids and their damn overpriced games? No,
3: I have a five-minute rant on lacrosse, and then we can move <laughs> Who on. Who doesn't?
0: Wisconsin or the sport?
3: <laughs> well, I'm going to start with one and segue into the other.
0: Adam, boy. Hey, let me make a quick mention, if I could. Uh, Help me out uh, this year for the Special Olympics. I'm doing the Polar Plunge with my son. He's a Minneapolis firefighter, Navy vet, and uh, we help raise awareness and money for the Special Olympics. All the money that we raise goes to the Olympians so that they have money for their uniforms, for training and travel purposes, so they can be a part of something. And we'd love for you to be a part of that with us. Our goal is is just $3,000 this year. Last year, with your help, we got over $5,000, but we have just got a $3,000 deal. You can go to darknessradio.com, click on the Polar Plunge 2018 banner, and make a donation. Any size helps. $1, $5, $1,000, whatever you've got, help us hit that goal. would be greatly appreciated. Again, check out darknessradio.com and click on that Polar Plunge 2018 banner. And thanks to Tom and the crew for letting me mention that on air as well. Um, you know, we uh, we were pre-recorded yesterday. Melina and I recorded the show a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, so we weren't able to address the uh, gruesome attack that took place yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Wednesday. Or Wednesday, rather, sorry. Um, but, boy, the news stories that are coming out, uh, now you've got um, the fact that the FBI was kind of tipped to this back in August and that they really admit, hey, we kind of dropped the ball yep. here. At what point are we going to stop dropping the ball if any tip comes in where somebody is telling you, That this could go on. Uh, Parkland, Florida, the article from the Star Trib says the FBI received a tip last month, even that the suspect in Florida school shooting had a desire to kill and access to guns and could be plotting an attack, but agents failed to investigate. A person who was close to Nicholas Cruz called the FBI's tip line on January 5th and provided information about Cruz's weapons and erratic behavior, including his disturbing social media posts. The caller was concerned that Cruz could attack a school. In a statement, the agency acknowledged that the tip should not have been shared with the FBI's Miami office and or uh, should have, I'm sorry, been shared with the FBI's Miami office and investigated, but it was not. The startling admission came as the agency was already facing criticism for its treatment of a tip about a YouTube comment posted last year. The comment posted by Nicholas Cruz said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter.
3: I think I think the FBI gets literally thousands of tips every day and a lot of them are not credible uh they're either they're either about crazy people that don't mean it or they're from crazy people that don't know what they're talking about and so i think when obviously hindsight's 2020 but i don't think you can fault the fbi for not following
0: up every single lead because i disagree when it that, comes to the school shooting stuff you have to i think you, you have don't, to be there's more not this. the
3: manpower like, you got, you have to realize they probably get literally a thousand.
0: Are you kidding me? They've he, got Agents Mulder and Scully checking on ghosts and Bigfoot. You <laughs> which, tell me they don't have time to check in. Which is also sure.
3: super actual, and that all happened for realsies. But you know what I'm saying? Like, right. we're not in the FBI. We don't know how many tips they get, and they and I'm
0: sure it's in the thousands every day. But if I went on social media today and said, I'm going to be a professional president killer, watch out, Donald Trump the FBI would be knocking on my door tomorrow. There's no question about that.
3: I think there is some question about that, especially in these times where literally millions of people are saying that.
0: I, I don't think people are being that decisive about saying something like that. They'll allude to it, but if I came out and said, watch your back, President Trump, I still believe I would be visited. And I think in the case when somebody says, I'm going to be a professional school you know, school shooter, I think it's, I, I don't know, in those cases to me it seems important. That, let's follow up on that instead of worrying about breaking down the next weed you know, uh, growing operation.
3: But even when I was a kid, and when and school shootings were not even close to being a thing, right? In, in those days, we always had the kid that was crazy and said he was going to set the school on fire right. and do all that shit, and mm-hmm. none of them ever did it. And so, and there's st- and those kids are still around today. The problem is, point zero zero one percent of them are doing it. And I think I think that's I think that's the problem. Is like now they're starting to, but like it's hard. Uh, you have to look at it from the FBI. Like, how do you tell which ones are real and which ones are just crazy people?
4: Well, and that's, to me, basic investigating. Okay, you take the first step. This Supposedly this kid said that. Check his background.
0: Check his background. He, or- got,
4: he, he got kicked out of school. He hates the school. Okay? I'd, I'd probably be like, okay. maybe we. Need and to he get- has a lot of weapons. And and he's 17 years it. old. Yeah. Curious, that's the next step. Then you go, okay. Maybe we need to look into it a little further. Does has he bought guns? Has does he own? Does he own? Has he ever been in trouble? Has he, you know? And if you get to that point, it's like, nah, he's just he's kid, just a kid being he, an, idiot. an idiot, right? Right. And then you just go, okay, file closed. But if you get to that next step and you go, oh, wait a minute, this kid is buying guns and mm-hmm. and you know he's pro- professing that he's this is what he wants to do and whatnot. You know, maybe you want to bring him in and ask him some questions.
0: But with that said, you know it's interesting. And when I was in in high school, and it was eighty, eighty two or eighty three, we were talking in class. I was in art class, and we're making some stuff, and we're talking about some show we had just watched the night before. And I wish I could remember what it was now. But the guy had ran uh, wires from the spark plug into the gas tank. You know, it was the to big blow boom. it up, yeah? And I was talking about it. And I said, yeah, he was he was like pissed at his teacher and then ran the wires into the gas tank to kill the teacher. And one of my classmates only heard me talking about running wires from the spark plugs into the gas tank to kill the teacher. Fifteen minutes later, I have the principal and a police officer outside my door going, we need to speak with you. Yeah. And they brought me in. That was just on a whim of an overheard statement. It wasn't even like the principal took me in and go, what were you talking about? Yeah. They had already called the police. And that was in 1982 or 3. And they were willing to take it that far. When, on, on right now, with the amount of violence we're having in schools with kids actually doing this, you like JB said, you would think it would be at least worth the effort to go, does this kid have any weapons registered to him and how many? And what exactly? And if you start seeing that there are these uh, guns that are being associated with these school shootings on a regular basis and, and all of this, and this kid's creepy. Did you hear? He goes in, pulls a fire alarm, starts shooting, drops the guns, and then turns around and walks out with the kids like he's mm-hmm. one of the students. Yeah. Man, this kid had a plot in mind. Absolutely, and that's uh, uh, wow. I don't know. It's it's just unnerving. And I, I get your point. You can't follow up every lead, but it just seems like every time they don't follow up the one lead, that's the one that was the real deal. But there's also you also get
3: the stories of the the times the feds come in the day before it was supposed to happen and and foil the plot. Right. And and we don't really the, that story is is like third. Yeah, it's not. On the, it's um,
4: not celebrated. Yeah, right.
3: It's just like, oh, by the way, they foiled a plot. Right. Okay, but but, but let's I think get that, back to I Trump. think
0: that's their plan, though. I think they don't want to be celebrated for those stories, because if they let the the bad guys know that they're that good and that they're on to that many of the cases, they start adapting and finding new ways to do these things. So I think that might be more of why they're hiding the you know the, burying those good stories. And and playing up this, I just don't think
3: there's as much fodder. There's right. not there's not as much to buy. You know, in this twenty four hour news cycle, it's always about what can we get out of this?
0: Like, well, I see that, but we've also been talking about watching for signs and signs of mental illness mm-hmm. and and previous threats, two previous threats from this kid within the last, you know, from August to January to now, and it it came through to me. And even the, I mean, it's got to be something when even the FBI says we messed up here.
3: Yeah. I mean, but that, again, that's hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. It's like, yeah, we should have checked that out. Sorry, we didn't. But it's. But I think a lot of America thinks um, that the FBI was just at the office on Facebook that day, mm-hmm. when in fact they were probably going through a thousand other leads that of people just like this kid that were making the same threats that had the same thing. Cause he's not alone. That's what we've realized. Right, right. He's, he's nowhere close to being alone. We've had 18 school shootings in less than six weeks.
0: Yeah. Like, and but that's a know, lot of work for the FBI. Mike, can you pull up that story about the grandma? I want to talk about this too. This is, um, I JB, just, do you, you've got, how old is your son? JB? 28, 28. Do you have any grandkids? No. Okay. Well, you shake your head. I've got 3. So, I, but here's here's a story that's something. Uh, what I mean, how what would you do if if you walked in and you saw your kid's diary open and laying there and there was some drawings that drew your attention, you read it and it basically said, yeah, "I'm going to kill kill everybody in my school. I'm going to yeah. do this." Would you would your first call be to the police or would you address your child first and, "Hey, let's fix this." Or knowing that a lot of these Guys end up killing their parents or grandparents and then going out and doing the deed. I mean, I, I'm this is a great story. Spent the day- uh, what do we, uh, yeah, they've got this story, uh, audio linked to it. Let's see if we can get in. It says, an 18 year old student was arrested after a journal was found detailing plans to shoot his classmate at Aces High School in Everett, uh, Washington. According to Everett Police Department, the 18 year old's grandmother called 911 Tuesday morning. After finding the journal and believed the threats to shoot students at the school were credible, officers responded to the house uh, and were shown excerpts of the journal and were told the grandson had a semi-automatic rifle stored in a guitar case. As officers reviewed the journal, they were alarmed by the statements and detailed plans to shoot students and use homemade explosives, according to the press release. Excerpts from the journal show that the teen had been thinking about the shooting frequently and wanted to make it infamous, according to the probable uh, cause documents. Court documents state the young man wrote, I can't wait to walk into class and blow all those expletives away, and I need to make this shooting bombing infamous. I need to get the biggest fatality number I possibly can. Prosecutors allege that suspect had inert grenades in his bedroom that he planned to fill with black powder, along with an AK-47 hidden in a guitar case. The student attended KMAC High School last year before transferring to Aces Alternative School this fall. Detectives say he simply flipped a coin to determine which school to target, and it came up Aces. That's uh, people are crazy. Oh, that's terrifying in every well, possible aspect.
4: You, you, you have you have the be- uh, basic perfect storm and going on right now you have mental health you know pe- people not the medical r-
0: community not right we're not taking care, care, care of the people of that right people
4: i mean back in the time we used to lock everybody away and lock everybody up which wasn't the answer either but now we do, all these people right, are we swung around. to the other side of the pendulum right. right and then you have all these weapons which are easy to gain and then you have all this information that's accessible to these young people on on the Internet. And then um, you have a lot of not only psychosis, but anger built in from being made fun of. And, you know, I'm going to teach you all, I'm going to get you. And it becomes a perfect storm, and every once in a while it bubbles up, and that's exactly what happens down there.
0: The scary thing is it's not just every once in a while now. Right. It's coming up way too often.
3: Especially this year like right. it, those numbers like you don't even think about it until they they're like there's been this
0: many shootings and the sad thing is let's be honest we disconnect because it's not in Minnesota or it's not in Kansas City it's not in our home so we don't really pay that close attention until it hits your community I don't
3: even think it's that as much as it' happened so much now you just
0: become numb to it numb to it like right.
3: it, like this one when it happened I just I turned it on I went man that sucks and that's all I watched like because I don't need to know the specifics. I don't need to know the timeline of the shooting. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know how he did it or what and I don't get people I don't understand why people want to fill their brains with that information.
0: I'll right. tell you why. As somebody who's fascinated by true crime, I just want to know what's the difference between me and you the shooter. What what was the day that set you off because we all have those days where you want to jerk the wheel and oncoming traffic and yeah. take out the jackass that cut you off. But what's the difference between me, who just goes "hoo man," and then the guy who goes "up, oh, you're going to die" and does that? I think that's it's because we're 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 a, a razor's slivers edge away from either side of that angle, and I think it it it's interesting to people to try to get the concept of why what draws people to one side or but the other. But that's
3: something that you find out in a documentary a year later, right? Not something you're going to listen, you're going to see on the news day 3.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And so what I and it, it's part of the 24-hour again I'm not a big fan of the 24-hour news cycle because that story should be about this facts. guy facts. This guy right. walked into a place he killed this many people, here's who died. That should be the end of the story.
0: Right. We'll report back when we have something we conclusive. Have, they, Next, there's a beaver have eight building people right.
3: commentating. We have this and right. we have that and people watch it cuz it is interesting, but what it does to your psyche you don't. You can't see it. Like people are like, why am I sad all the time? Why am I upset? Right. You do nothing but watch Forensic Files and people dying. Like watch Friends for like.
0: A, <laughs> Just shake the mindset get a right get back cleanser. into it. Or go to the comedy club, Acme Comedy hey, Club. Hey, to see speaking Chris of which, Porter. I have two shows still with tickets: ten thirty tonight and ten o'clock <laughs> tomorrow. I believe at uh, Acme Comedy. Hold tight. We've got more coming your way, plus tribute bands, the best in the world. Katie Daryl, our guest next on the Tom Bernard Show.
2: This is Tom, and I've been telling you how easy it has been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost weight loss plan. My goal has been to lose 92.5 pounds. Well, I've started up another round at the new Nutrimost Plymouth location, and I can't wait to shed those extra unwanted pounds. Nutrimost is unlike any other weight loss program. It's just so easy, and they guarantee that you will lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. The team at Nutramost in Plymouth will support you every step of the way on your wellness and weight loss journey. Then, after you hit your goal, Nutramost in Plymouth is there for you with the Nutramost Forever Plan, an all-inclusive wellness program that improves and promotes healthy living and choices. Nutramos has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Nutramost Plymouth, located just off Highway 55 and 494. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. If you haven't already, make sure to check out the best of the Tom Bernard Show, brought to you by Brad, Sean, Bryant, or as he's known, the backup to my hard drive, every Saturday at noon for highlights from the past week and classic moments from our vault. (laughs) this
0: is the tom bernard show tom will be back with you on monday we're wrapping up our third hour a little bit we'll be talking with katie darrell about the top 10 tribute bands ever we'll discuss that in a few minutes in studio with us comedian chris porter hello Chris has got uh, two shows left that have tickets available, the late shows tonight and tomorrow at Acme Comedy Club, one of the best comedy clubs in the Twin Cities easily. In the country or Twin Cities, that's fine. I'm just Okay, I'm fine. just saying. <laughs> no it is. It's a great uh, great time out and it is good. You were talking deep and dark in the last segment, but it is good. Get out and start filling the mind with fun. Again, yeah. remember all the good stuff and and get out and have a little bit of fun. What's what's your favorite part about stand-up comedy?
3: Just the exchange between me and the audience, just that transfer of energy, the me going up there, telling a joke, and then, then the, they're laughing, and then that get you
0: know that energy just goes back and forth to where by the end it, it's pretty cathartic experience. For both, right? For both of us, yeah, yeah. you're bringing them both in and out. Is it hard to do the interactive comedian stuff as opposed to going up and doing the uh, set-up joke, set-up joke, you know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, well, you know, the good comics do a combination of both. Right. Uh, it it definitely helps the live experience. So, uh, I mean, yeah, both are. I mean, both can be very easy and both can be very difficult depending on the audience. Like right. some audiences are like, talk to us. We want you to tell, talk to us. And other audiences are like, don't even think I'm here. Right. Just tell your jokes. I'll laugh.
0: Can you tell that by the look in their eyes? If you're if you're about to do the interactive, can you look in the front row and see the guy that's like, oh my god, do not speak to me. And oh, it's not one of those please talk to me, but don't talk to me kind of feel, you know what I mean? Normally, it's the arms folded, uh-huh.
3: and they're just they're just looking at you, and their wife's laughing, but they're not. <laughs> it's usually that yeah. that guy.
0: Do you focus on then trying to make that guy your, your bitch for the rest of that <laughs> show and just make him laugh?
3: Sometimes, every once in a while, depending on my mood, I'll just mention it at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. I'll just be like, hey, man, very much respect. Everyone else here has been laughing their entire... The entire time you have not laughed once. I have nothing, you know, way to hold on to it. Right. And and usually that's the one time they laugh. Right. Is they're like ah oh, you got me he's me. Yeah.
0: Is it? Uh, so kind of just that nice exchange and getting out there. You've seen a lot. You've done this for quite a while. Is it? Do you ever go out into a club and and watch some comedian work the room, and it just bombs, and you're like man I was. I'm, it's not the same jokes, but it's the same tempo and meter I do but then you get out and it's a totally different experience even though you just watched one comedian tank yeah um or maybe even the flip side you go out and do something and you're like man I thought that was fireball and the next guy comes out and does a very similar kind of setup and he's killing no very rare I mean there's def-
3: I mean there's a lot of angry white dudes on the scene so I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a you know unique by any stretch so yeah I, I definitely see comics that were of the same vein and yeah, I definitely see him eat it, but I've been doing it long enough to where I can, I usually know why. Very rarely am I like, why isn't this working? Mm-hmm. Most of the time I'm like, here's why this isn't working. So yeah, I rarely have any fear, nor do I let other comics kind of judge my tone going up there. Cause I've had a lot of comics come up to me and be like, oh, that crowd's rough. And then I go and have a great time and, and vice versa i've had comics come up and be like they're great and
0: then i walk on stage and just eat it for 40 minutes so Ooh, what is that like just in those rare moments and i know that doesn't happen to you often uh, yet, but yeah, i'm just wondering chris i'm not it's
3: confusing cuz you're just, <laughs> you're like this is most of the time you're like this isn't the first time i've said this stuff right so i know where the laugh should go and so it's kind of like it's is it on you or right. is it me and so normally it's just very confusing where I'm like, what's happening? It's like when your car is running weird and you can't figure out why, and then like all of a sudden it runs well for a split second. You're like, oh, okay, we're back on, and then it goes right back to puttering. Like it's it's that exact same feeling, it's just like that helplessness. Like, I don't know what's
0: happening. Do you? Do you ever double back if you if you hit something that was really tearing it up, and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out? Do you go and do you go right back to what was killing them to kind of reinvigorate the room and then try something new?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Like I was like, okay, they like Jack that joke, but they don't like that one. Yeah, then I'll definitely, you know, I'm I'm there to put on a show. Like the days of me being an artist are long gone. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is what I do. <laughs> no, I'm very much like, please like me. So. Uh, <laughs> But you're right. It, it doesn't happen very often, and, and normally when it does happen, it's you know just the setup. You know, the the show is like poorly constructed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like me behind a podium at a residence inn or something.
0: <laughs> right. It's, at it's a conference more room. The, right. It's more that setting. I felt so bad. I was at a conference a few years ago, and they had a comedian perform during dinner, not like before dinner not right after dinner when everybody's Dirty. just kind of sipping a cup of coffee people are trying to chat at dinner yeah they're trying to do and this poor comedian's up there and it's got to be like 90% not paying attention and then his buddies in the first two tables are like
3: ha. <laughs> yeah. right right you guys right.
0: Isn't oh that was funny? that was brutal i oh I, your heart goes out to, to entertainers that like that i've oh, done that really? a bunch
3: of the, I, I i remember uh, they asked me to host a golf tournament and i i just wanted to play free golf so sure. I, I went and played the golf, and afterwards I'm doing the—you know, I'm trying to be my normal, funny self, and I'm just making little asides, and all my buddies were dying. They thought it was the funniest stuff ever, and no one else in the audience—first off, they could have cared less. They were, right. Again, it was during dinner. But yeah, there's definitely those shows where you're like, who—the worst is, like, you'll do these corporate events— in four seconds before you go on stage, they'll do a moment of silence for all the people they lost the night or right. the year before. And they're like, give it up for this guy now. <laughs> what? I did a show with Rowdy Roddy Piper, rest his soul. Sure. And it, uh, right before I went on stage, a police officer gave Rowdy Roddy Piper his Medal of Honor. He goes, I won this because you taught me to be courageous. And he gives it to Rowdy Roddy Piper with tears in his eyes. Rowdy Roddy Piper goes, I don't know what to say. Here's Chris Porter. And I walked on stage and I lost my mind. I go, are you kidding me? Are you effing kidding me? (laughs) That guy's a hero. And now I got to come up here and tell you about how I can't get laid. Like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Reality check. One time I had to do a show. I showed him to a show in Indiana. There's a Wheel of Fortune on the stage. <laughs> I walk up to the manager. I go, what's up with the Wheel of Fortune? He goes, everyone here is in a radio contest to win tickets to the Super Bowl. And right before you go on stage, they're going to draw the winner. And I go, "What? why don't they just wait till the end of the show? They go, the DJs have to be up early, and they don't want to stay the extra hour. So literally, right? this is how it went. Larry, you win the Super Bowl tickets. Here's Chris Porter. So now I'm performing in front of 98 losers, right And everyone in this room thought this was their they're like, I'm here, I'm gonna win. there's no way I'm not gonna win And they literally I walk on stage four seconds after they found out that they lost. So you could just hear the just and it was literally like, please welcome Chris Porter.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be worse than that, though. At least they stayed. I yeah, thought it was like they were there I for did. the drawing, and then <laughs> the they, minute they pull, I half wish the they would have left. Right? <laughs> <left. laughs> it
3: was the worst show ever because they're all sad. <laughs> they're all mad because they lost. Larry left. Yeah. Larry grabbed the seats and split. And I didn't. I was so mad when I walked on stage. I just went up. I go, "What's up, losers?"
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> how did they? Uh, how was that received? It
3: went as well as the rest of the set. And I, you know, I knew it was going to be awful. So why not just die? Might as well lean into it.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Take the storm on. Right. Yeah. Be the George Clooney into the uh, waves and that. Just, uh... We're going in. Yeah. <laughs> That's got to be brutal. I've done. I, I get a chance to go out and I do presentations around the United States and around the world, and I try to mix in as much just fun humor as I can because people will learn yeah. more when not you make fun them laugh.
3: Humor's terrible. Right.
0: Exactly. But you just try to cut in there but it, it is it's it's disconcerting because I've got it down to a rhythm and all of a sudden when you're realizing they're not responding to anything yeah it I, all of a sudden, I get out of my game, and I even forget where I am in my talk. I'm like, "What?
3: Uh, oh, yeah, what's happening Super discombobulated,
0: right? And you, it's, it's. I liken it almost to being like when you hit that wall and drunk, and you realize, "Oh no, I took one step over, and yeah. now I don't know how to consciously do anything properly." <laughs> <laughs>
3: right? But just, now you have a microphone and expectations. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, that's when you start singing, "It's raining men," right? And just try to lighten <laughs> play, <playin'> it <laughs> up. <laughs> Hallelujah! It's raining men. <laughs> Some old lady up front. I like it now. <laughs> that's what it takes. I know the audience. Yeah, that's. I give you guys a lot of credit. I've always wanted to try stand-up comedy until I go in. I actually took a stand-up comedy course through a, a group that was here. Okay. And I had more fun writing the comedy than I did performing it. Because to me it would be, I'd say, and these guys would laugh. And they're like, that's great. And I'm like, well, you can do it. Yeah. And they're like, really? And they're like, Well, you should get up there. I'm like, no, no, you really should do this one. And they'd go up and kill with it. And they're like, Dave, it's good. Go on up. And I'm like, no. Nah, no, oh no, I can't. <laughs> oh, 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 no, oh no. no. no no Eeyore. Oh, right, exactly. It just can't uh, pull that trigger. That's uh <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot to get up there. And I mean how 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 many times was it before you got up and and it wasn't just, hey, I'm funny and now it's oh I am funny. People do like this. Oh, like
3: this. where I was just, it wasn't nervous before I went on stage? Well, no, I'm
0: probably, I guess you probably still still have a little bit of that. But I mean, when was it that you realized that you're, it wasn't just, I want to be a comedian. Now it's, oh, I am a comedian. You know, I don't know
3: the day ever came where I, con- I mean, I think it just like you looked around, and you're like, oh, I'm doing this. Like I'm, I'm not working anymore. <laughs> uh, it, it's more of what happens. Uh, the day definitely, like the day you write the first bit, or you do the first bit that destroys, where mm-hmm. you get that roar of laughter and some applause. Like, that's the day you're like, oh, okay, this is what it's about. Because, you know, doing the open mics, you get, like, laughter, and la- you get some decent laughter. But then you get that, ah, like, where like it's almost like a rock in a lake, where there's, like, that moment of silence. And then,
0: that's the day you're like, I got this. You get that rupture feel, right? Yeah. And you're brought into the undertow, and that's it. Well, yeah, where where the and it, it, it happens where
3: the first time where you get the laughter where it almost pushes you back, a li- the energy just kind of knocks you back a little bit. That's those are good days.
0: Does that bring? You know what I notice is when I get those feelings, I end up getting closer to the front of the stage. Yeah. Which is weird, right? Because you think it'll keep pushing you back almost with that, but it's like I drink it in so oh, much yeah, when I, like, get no, I get the audience in there. When I get closer, it'll hit me harder. Yeah, my buddy will lean in at that after the show and he goes, Hey, where do you think you lost him? <laughs> right? And I'm like, Oh, man, that was a great crowd. Yeah. That's a lot of fun.
3: That's when you know that's that's the comics version of Great Set. It's yeah. like, Oh, it's a tough one. Yeah, that was a <laughs>
0: tough audience, yeah. huh? Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, our guest, uh, Katie Daryl, is not going to make it on the show. uh, But uh, just to give you a quick (laughs) heads up, Access TV's Katie Daryl ranks the greatest songs, bands, and artists in rock history with some of the music's biggest names, in the new Countdown series, the Top Ten Revealed premiering Sunday, February 11th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 uh, 6 p.m. Uh, uh, what is that Pacific, I guess. Uh, featured guests include rock icons Stephen Adler, Lita Ford, Vinnie Paul, Vivian Campbell, as well as Dan Rather. Because when you think rock and roll, <laughs>
4: Dan
1: Rather well, right, right up there. He's doing those
0: big interviews now. Have you seen yeah, them? Yeah, I have, actually. They're pretty great. Yeah, they are. But it's it it, you just again when you're thinking yeah let's look at the top ten revealed of the best music in the world Dan Rather is like the last guy Dan
3: Rather has the best
0: weed. (laughs) Well, he does look really relaxed now in those interviews, doesn't he? I
3: get this stuff from Willie.
0: (laughs) 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 So tell me about the time you were on stage.
3: He had a great story I heard him tell once when he because I think he started in Kansas Uh and he did an old radio station where they played he would play the sermon on record every year. Sure, and he went. He, it was like a 30-minute record, so he'd run and go get lunch, and the record had his skip in it. Oh, no. And it was just going, go to hell, go to hell, go to hell, go to hell. Go to hell.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that was the old uh, radio show trick in college when you had to hit the restroom. You'd go throw on, like... uh
4: stairway to heaven
0: heaven, or or uh god i'm trying to think of the other one that was to be yeah and i got a 20 minute version and you go to the restroom (laughs) riders on the storm the 15 minute version right everybody's (laughs) like i don't ever remember it being this long i was like well i ate a lot of cheese yesterday
3: you're gonna hear the whole thing
0: (laughs) radio edits god fun times and uh we only have about a minute left here, um, but you can check out the Acme Comedy Club. Every week, fantastic performers come on in. Chris Porter's there this weekend. Tonight, 10.30 showing. There's a few tickets that remain tomorrow for the late show, which is, is it 10.30 again or 10 o'clock tomorrow? I don't know. It's one of those two. So check it out. Uh, you can get more information <laughs> at the Acme Comedy Club website and get all the information you need there. JB, thanks for coming on in, Mike. It's good working with you again. Chris Porter. I'll be back uh, filling in for Tom again, I think, mid-month of March when he's off in Punta Cana.
4: Oh, yeah. Must be nice. That trip. That trip.
0: Yeah, But I'll be here having fun with you guys And I'll be back next Tuesday uh, With Tom as well I'm going to try to weasel my way in next Friday too uh, I like the comedian shows I like coming on in here with you guys We are fun It is, it's a fun time uh, You can check out all the information You can check out the best of's and all that By checking out the TomBernardShow.com website And keeping in touch with us that way You can find us on social media I want to thank Tom for letting me sit in It was great working with uh, Catherine and Andy again Thank you for being a part of the show with us um, and check me out at darknessradio.com five days a week for the best in paranormal talk radio. This is The Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>